We now begin Maseches Trumos. I did record an extensive introduction, and I suggest you listen to that first, as well as look at the handout if you're unfamiliar with the tithing procedure. Um, but now we begin a Perik Aleph, Mishnah Aleph, Mishnah 1-1. The Mishnah will tell us of five characters, five categories of people who may not take truma, and even if they do, their act of taking truma is ineffective, meaning that that which they set aside for the Kohen remains chul and remains totally unsanctified un, uh, and totally ineffective. Now, the basis for these five are basically coming from uh, the comparison between truma, the gift that's from Protus given to the Kohanim, and truma, the donations that were given from the Jews in the Midbar, in, this, in the desert, um, towards the building of the Mishkan in the desert. So, in Parsha's Truma, the, Sid, the Sidra, the section of the Torah, Torah discussing with mentioning Truma, referring to Trumot gifts, elevated gifts that are given to the Mishkan for the Mishkan's construction, the Pasuk says, Daber um, Yisrael, Truma, speak to the Jews, Hashem says to Moshe Rabbeinu, and take for me Truma. May, and the Pasuk goes on to say, Me'es kol ish, from every man, who is moved to be generous um, by his heart, um, they should take my truma, my donation. And this is the, the gift, the donation that you shall take from them. And then it begins to list, etc. The puzzle talks about gold, silver, copper, and so on. So, from that Pasuk, we're going to have several uh, drushas that say that just as over there in the Mishkan construction in the, in the desert, there were certain limits on who could do the donating. So too, when it comes to the separations of Truma as the gift of the Kohen, there are certain limitations. And here they are. The first, the Mishnah says inside, Chamisha, there are five categories of persons, Lo Yisramu, that shouldn't take Truma, Ve'im Tarmu, and if they do separate a portion of Truma, Ein trumasan truma, that which they set aside doesn't have the status of truma at all, and the food that they tied still is chul, and nothing happened. The first is hacheresh. The cheresh here is the deaf mute. This is a person who's considered to not have das. Um, he is excluded because of the pasuk. The verse says, uh, yidvenu libo, a person who's moved to be generous from his heart. And the truth is when the Torah says um, lev or libo, it almost always refers to a person's, what we would call in English, English his mind. Um, not the rational part of his mind, which is called seichel, but the part of one's mind which is moved by emotions or intuition, that's called one's lave. And a person who is a cherish is not believed to have, um, you know, be sound of mind, to have the faculty of das to understand, I, I will translate das as understanding the consequences of his actions. So since he's not mentally developed enough to have a mind of his own, if you will, as a deaf mute, he is unable to give truma. Just to paint the picture, in case you're unfamiliar, and we're talking here about someone who was, who was born deaf, and therefore um, he'd never learned to speak because no information could kind of get into his head from his ears. Um, and certainly, in ancient times, we just assumed that such a person was essentially uh, mentally incompetent entirely. They didn't, nowadays, um, they've done wonders of teaching people to um, sign and so on and so forth, and the questions of whether a person who... Um, learns to speak despite the fact that he's deaf now 
if that changes things or, or not, but that's beyond the scope of our mission here. Our mission assumes as a given that a person who's a deaf mute can neither hear nor speak, um, has no das, is excluded by the Pasuk because it says libo, and he doesn't qualify as having um, sufficient intellect to have uh, be moved by his heart as such. So therefore the cherish can't give truma, and if he does, it's totally ineffective. Second of all, vahashota. A shota is a mentally incompetent person, also similarly um, can't be moved by his heart, it is a, meaning he doesn't have a, a sound mind to um, be able to give truma. Uh, oftentimes people misunderstand a shota to being someone who's, in, who's in, an idiot, an imbecile, someone who's you know, mentally incompetent, meaning he's just not intelligent enough. That's not really the, the definition of a shota. The way that the Chazal describe Bashota is either one of two ways. Either that they um, don't know how to protect their person, so they'll do things like walk around in dangerous places by themselves at night or sleep in graveyards and so, um, not realizing that's dangerous and endangering themselves. Or um, when you give them things or their own possessions, they'll destroy those things without, you know, heeding the fact that why would you destroy that which belongs to you, your own property? That's just you're messing yourself up. So, um, again, the Shota is someone who really has got a disconnect from reality, not understanding the consequence of their actions, um, and since they're mentally incompetent, um, they are unable to fulfill this possible to be moved um, by their by their hearts, by their minds, to be generous and give. Um, I always tell a joke to explain Shota, which I'll say here uh, very briefly, and to illustrate the point, I think it's important, so people shouldn't misunderstand. The story goes of a fellow who got a flat tire in front of an insane asylum, and he replaces his tire, but as he's um, attempting to put the, the nuts back to fix the tire back to the car um, the nuts fall down the down the drain so he's stuck without a way to affix his tire to his car and uh, sure enough a fellow screams from out the window from the insane asylum hey why don't you just take one nut from each of the other three tires and you'll have three nuts and you can then use that to attach your your now your fourth tire and you'll have three nuts holding each of the tires on you can drive to a you know, fix the station, and, and there you can get the missing lug nuts and fix up your tires, and everything's going to be fine. So the fellow's amazed. I mean, he couldn't figure that out for himself, but the guy in the insane asylum could. So he kind of yells back at him and says, hey, if you're so smart, what are you doing inside there? So the fellow in the insane asylum says, listen, I may be crazy, but I'm not stupid. So we have to differ- differentiate between um, being disconnected from reality crazy and um and just being being uh being stupid being unintelligent so a person who's just simply unintelligent um or not that's not the, that's not the relevant point here here we're talking about someone who has a disconnect from reality in terms of consequences of his actions um and as such he is a shota and he can't give truma the third is the katan now the katan means a child um and usually in the triumvirate of people who haven't got das you have the cherish shota and katan going together and therefore you might think uh, that the three of them are excluded from giving truma from the same part of the of the verse, talking about needing to have a lay of a sound mind and to move to give. Uh, but that's not the case, um, according to the Barthner anyways. And the, and the reason why is because uh, a child who's in his year prior to his bar mitzvah, talk about a boy for a second, um, so it is possible for him to have enough mental capacity to have reached what's called onus um, nadarim, to be able to effect different oaths, and restrictions upon himself, um, and that's only possible if he has sufficient mental, you know, attained mental sophistication enough to have some level of, of, of das. And that being the case, it would not be sufficient to rely on the Yidven Alibo Pasuk. Um, so therefore, it, 
the exclusion of a of a of the child of the katan is from a different part of the pasuk. The part that, that says um, that the truma should be taken meis kol ish from every man, uh, man to exclude child. So not include, excluding women, but in, excluding man. That is to say that when it comes to um, people, again we'll talk about men, but it's, it's really the same for women. And there are two categories: um, adults are called ish, and uh, minors are called atinok. Atinok means not in modern Hebrew. Atinok means a baby, but in the context of the Mishnayos and the Chazal, atinok means even like eleven, twelve years old. So atinok, so this person hasn't reached uh, maturity yet to be an adult. So to be an adult for a man, anyways, for a male, he needs to have two conditions. He needs to be thirteen years old, as we call it in English, um, as well as um, to have um, brought two pubic hairs forth. So those are called simonim. He has to have physical signs of maturity, puberty, as well as the chronological age of 13 years old. Um, if he has the physical signs prior to reaching 13, irrelevant. If he has reached 13, um, there are some questions about if we are concerned that that he brought forth the physical signs, but they fell out. And indeed, that's what we assume to be the case, halach lamaisa, but for now, let's just keep it simple. We're talking about someone who's 13 and indeed has the physical signs of maturity of the two the two, two hairs. Uh, when it comes to women, so the age is not 13 but 12, um, and then again, the same signs. She needs to have also put forth two hairs. There are other potential signs um, of physical maturity, um, but in terms of in terms of developments of a woman, uh, but the usual definition is just the two hairs. Now, just to clarify a single point in case you're not clear, the halacha will always refer to it as being 13 years old in a day. And that's only because on a person's, what we call their birthday, let's say, for example, a person is born on the 10th of Shvat. So um, on the 9th of Shvat, he has now fulfilled a full year of life. And so the 10th of Shvat begins the next year. So he's like now a full year and a day older. So if a person on his birthday is a 10th of Shvat, really he's now on his 13th, he's 13 full years yesterday, and now he's beginning the first day of the 14th year. So that's why we say the 13 years old in a day, but what we would call the birthday is the birthday. Okay, so a person who's reached an adulthood, meaning 13 for a boy and 12 for a girl, as well as um, brought forth the two hairs, they are able to give truma, and less than that, they cannot give. Those are the first three. Then we have v'hatarim eshe'enu shalo. If a person takes truma from produce which doesn't belong to him, that will be ineffective. Um, you can't do it, you can't take truma for somebody else, um, in as much as the Pasuk says that it has to be taken uh, from from them, me'itam, from you, and uh, therefore it's your own, as opposed to someone else's. Yeah, I'm an important caveat here. There's no problem with a person empowering another Jew to be his shaliach, his agent. Um, in that capacity as an agent, he's really an extension, the agent is an extension of the person who empowered him, and there's no problem at all with me authorizing you to take truma on my behalf. That's no problem. What we're talking about here in the Mishnah here is where I unilaterally go and take truma on your, you know, take truma a gift from your produce um, for you without authorization. That is totally ineffective um, because of this verse, and that's the case here. And finally, the fifth is a nachrish atarm eshel yisrael, a filibershus. When it comes to a non-Jew, um, a non-Jew cannot take true on behalf of a Jew, even if the Jew would have explicitly authorized the non-Jew to do so. Um, the non-Jew simply is just unable to. The reason for that is a drasha, actually based on a different pasuk, not one we saw, but a pasuk that's referring to the halachas of, of uh, Trumas Meiser. Um, and there it's an extra word, gam, also. Uh, the pasuk 
uh, is gam atem, also you. So that extra, also gam is t- telling that only uh, a Jew can act, uh, even as an agent, to take truma from another Jew, um, and not uh, not a non-Jew. So that's the case here, that it says, Nachri shetaram is shal Yisrael. If a non-Jew takes on behalf of a Jew, a filu bershus, even with authorization, ain't truma, so truma, um, still that taking of truma is ineffective altogether.